Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode number 89, where we are talking about sitting in the midday sun by the kinks. Uh, there's an interesting history uh, around this, this song. So uh, it was originally released as a single on June 29th, 1973 in the United Kingdom, backed with one of the survivors. Now, if you were, if you recall back to our um, episode about Scrap Heap City, you'll remember that one of the survivors backed with a version of Scrap Heap City that's never been released on CD was released in America as a 45 and then abruptly recalled and canceled. Okay. The band goes back into the studio, records Sitting in the Midday Sun, takes that uh, uh, one of the survivors, puts it as, it's actually a double-sided A, a double A-sided um, single. Uh, it's released a couple months later, August 1973, in America, backed with Sweet Lady Genevieve, which should be the B-side of No Song, in my opinion. And if you recall back to the Sweet Lady Genevieve um, episode, which I believe was our second episode of this podcast, that song was backed with Sitting in My Hotel, which came out on the Everybody's in Show Business album. So this period, for a few reasons we'll talk about in a minute, uh, is very weird for the kinks. They are releasing singles. They are recalling singles. They are completely reworking songs to the point where like Scrap Heap City goes from a blues song with a Ray Davies lead to a country song with a female lead. Uh, All this stuff's happening. uh, And Sweet Lady Genevieve's bouncing all over the place. It's a very weird time. So uh, it's released, like I said, UK, June 29th. It's released in America on in August of 1973. And then it's released on the Preservation Act 1 album, November 16th, 1973. So by the time it comes out on the album, it's kind of an already an old song. Uh, by the standards we've seen from the Kinks with this seemingly every third or fourth week, there's a new single or album out um, to this point. This is a this is a song from all the way back in June. It is credited as the first song recorded in the band's new studio. They got their own studio called it Conk Studios in North London. Um, and this song, which was recorded the first week of June 1973, uh, is credited as the first song recorded in that studio. And in a way. The song is kind of an illustration of what could have been. Because whether you like this track or not, and I happen to enjoy most of it, uh, you can't deny that this sounds like classic 1960s kinks. There's no way that this song would have been out of place on something else, uh, Village Green, Maybe even Arthur. This sounds like that, the beginning of the golden era of Kink's albums. This could have easily, seamlessly fit in there. And so it's kind of an illustration of what the band could have sounded like had they been given access to better recording studios. If they recorded at Abbey Road um, for Village Green Preservation Society, those songs could have sounded 
like this. I'm t- and I'm talking audio quality and and you know the the mastering and just the 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 because the musicianship's the same. They were a great band then. They're a great band in 1973. And in a lot of ways, the musicianship on this also echoes those 60s recordings. You listen at about a minute 30 when they get to the bridge, um, and you've got this soaring lead vocal line by Ray. You've got this Waterloo sunset type backgrounds um, behind him. You've got Mick Avery going crazy on the drums. This is what preservation could have sounded like, you know, or preservation, uh, Village Green Preservation Society. This is what that album could have sounded like had they had just a better studio. And so that's kind of cool. Um, so neither singles for this song charted uh, on either side of the pond, as they say. And a lot of this is because the band didn't do any promo for it. Um, on June 23rd, which uh, was just a week before the single came out in the UK, they recorded a promo video. That promo video, though, and this is why this band's history gets wonky at this point. Uh, that promo was filmed three days after Ray's wife left him. She uh, took the daughters and moved out. And so Ray's wife leaving with his daughters had a huge impact on this period of the band, including a hospitalization for a drug overdose, uh, a public breakdown at a concert by Ray. Uh, The work is getting sporadic. They're not doing promo for this single beyond that one video. We've got an album that's being continuously delayed. This album was supposed to be a double album. The record company's getting impatient, so Ray's forced to uh, release it as a single, or Act 1, as it was called, and then Act 2 will come out shortly after as its own double disc. So there's a lot of... And the, the albums aren't selling, and the singles aren't charting. You know, So this is really a low point in the band as far as just morale. Even though they're still producing some great music, uh, it's it's really a, a weird period for the Kinks, just as people. So I said I like most of this song. It opens with some flutes, which uh, even by 1973 Kinks uh, standards is pretty cheesy, and maybe hurt their uh, chances at this song charting. I don't know. I mean, there was room for that, but you have to remember the Kinks are a rock and roll band. And to this point, their poppiest hit is really Lola, which has still got like a rock feel. This, though, takes them straight into now they're basically the Carpenters with this flute intro. Um, So it could have been just like an identity crisis that kept this off of the charts. You know, who knows? I wouldn't have opened with flutes, but I don't know what I would have opened with instead. Um, it's a fairly straightforward harmonic structure. And actually, <clears throat> yesterday we talked about cleanup time uh, by John Lennon using a 2-5 chord progression that never resolves. This one uses the two, the same 2-5 chord progression, D minor 7 to G7. But he does resolve it. 
And then sometimes he never, I don't know. You can make the argument that during the verse, he goes to an A minor chord. He doesn't go to an A7 because you don't hear that C sharp. But you do hear the bass doing the... The bass lands on that A. So, you know, a C chord with an A uh, on the bass, which is not a chord tone, is basically an A minor 7. So he's basically going 2, 5, 1... Six. I've got me work. I'm in no hurry. Looking at the world gone by. And then for the chorus, he does a two, five, one, and then an A7, which is the five of two. All right. So this A7 takes us back to the D minor 7. So instead of really landing on 1, he's cycling us back to the top of this chord progression by throwing that A7. And you hear this a lot, and especially in the style that he likes to play in. Just soaking up that current bun no particular purpose or reason sitting in the midday sun and then finally he resolves to the C so that A7 um, is the dominant chord of the two so he's basically he's just cycling us back so that that line keeps repeating Right, we heard we hear this a lot with the Kinks, um, with with most bands really, and then when we get to that bridge, that very um, great bridge, he's basically just going down the scale: F, E minor, D minor, C, G, C. Repeat: F, E minor, D, then going up the scale. E minor, F, G, which is the five of our home key, and then back to the two five one. That's it. The very simple song harmonically. Um. And that's that. It's kind of got like a lazing on a sunny afternoon mixed with uh, sitting by the riverside feel. And maybe that's where I get this, you know, classic Beatle, uh, Kinks sound from is that um, similarity to sitting by the riverside. But it's a good song. It's a, And there's some good musicianship going on in here. Even if I don't like the flute intro, I like everything else about this tune. Would I have released it? As the single, probably not. Not when you've got Sweet Lady Genevieve sitting there. Um, and releasing it as a double A side, I don't know if that really helps at all. But it's a solid tune, and it's a highlight on the Preservation album, which um, 
I'm really looking forward to doing a full-length episode on the Preservation album because it's an interesting topic and is and it's such a divisive album among critics of the band. Um, it'll be fun to talk about that one. And we've talked about a lot of the songs off of it already. So that's sitting in the midday sun. Um, if you want to talk about it more, swing by herohabit.com and join our community. We are uh, slowly building a community there from scratch. Um, but there's a discussion group for Kings and Beats daily where we can just talk about the Kinks and the Beatles all day and not be bothered with all the Facebook and Twitter nonsense that um, that we see in our favorite Beatles and Kinks um, discussion groups. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast ad-free, you can swing by Hero Habit and um, go to the store. And uh, there's a Kinks and Beats support for $4 a month. You subscribe for $4 a month, 20 cents an episode. And it just helps us keep this show running and ad-free. And I will be sending bonus episodes to those subscribers from time to time, uh, including our Mars Pick one, which will come out soon. All right. That's it for me. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Um, Thanks for listening. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.